Hi, this is Trained by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth, and we're on the section in Job where there's discussions back and forth, and I, I tend to have a tendency to just read Job's words in Job because there's so much in the other that is just not great according to God at the end. Um words about God, but sometimes when dealing with the Bible, and especially in dealing with the songs, we find that everything's expressed. All of all of the good, the bad, and the ugly are expressed, and this is true, very, very true in Job. So, in Job 4 and 5, we see the response to what Job has said, by Eliphaz the Temanite. He's the first one that responds. And we find out something about Job, actually, from his words a little bit. Um, If one ventures a word with you, he says in verse 2, will you be impatient? Yet who can keep from speaking? Behold, you have instructed many. And you have strengthened the weak hands. Your words have upheld him who was stumbling, and you have made firm the feeble knees. So it tells that it tells us that Eliphaz knew Job as one who was a man of instruction, was a man of encouragement, was a man of correction, was a man of of helping people stand up and have a firm foundation. And then he says in verse 5, But now it has come to you, and you are impatient. It touches you, and you are dismayed. And then verse 6 is some dangerous pairing here of thoughts. Is not your fear of God your confidence, and the integrity of your ways your hope? God is beyond us. He is eternal. He goes beyond what we can see. And our ways, regardless good or bad, although Job makes the case that his ways have been good, and he he probably did hope in his ways to a certain extent, um, but this is a world that has fallen, and there is good and there is evil, and both of those things happen regardless of our ways. And if we just hook our hope on our ways, that's within this time, not within eternity. And it's interesting that this earliest of books tackles this problem. Eliphaz continues, Remember, who that was innocent ever perished, or where were the upright cut off? As I have seen, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. By the breath of God they perish, and by the blast of his anger they are consumed. The roar of the lion, the voice of the fierce lion, the teeth of the young lions are broken. The strong lion perishes for lack of prey, and the cubs of the lioness are scattered. So he's saying that the innocents are always treated with good. The the iniquity, those who plow iniquity, are always given bad, and Job, at this point, is very clear that that is not 
the way it works. And many of us who have lived any time in life at all realize that that's not true. That it doesn't break down in those lines. Good and evil happen to both those who are good and those who um, like evil. It depends on the timeline that you're seeing them. And sometimes the reward is not until eternity for good. And so this statement here is off, and um, Job kind of reacts to this here in a minute. Now, this is the part that I think, Eliphaz, be careful who your friends listen to, because this next part makes you wonder what Eliphaz's actual connections and influences are. Now, a word was brought to me stealthily, he says in verse 12, My ear received the whisper of it amid thoughts from visions of the night. When deep sleep falls on men, dread came upon me, and trembling, which made all my bones shake. A spirit glided past my face. The hair of my flesh stood up. It stood still, but I could not discern its appearance. A form was before my eyes. There was silence, then I heard a voice. Can mortal man be in the right before God? Can a man be pure before his maker? Even in his servants he puts no trust, in his angels he charges with error. How much more those who dwell in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust, who are crushed like the moth. Between morning and evening they are beaten to pieces, they perish forever without anyone regarding it. Is not their tent cord plucked up within them? Do they not die, and that without wisdom? Call now, is there anyone who will answer you? To which of the holy ones will you turn? Surely vexation kills the fool, and jealousy slays the simple. I have seen the fool taking root, but suddenly I cursed his dwelling. His children are far from safety. They are crushed in the gate, and there is no one to deliver them. The hungry eat his harvest, and he takes it even out of thorns. And the thirsty pant after his wealth. For affliction does not come from the dust nor does trouble sprout from the ground. But man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. And then it goes back to Eliphaz. So that's his vision. And um, it's a dark vision, and it's intended to separate um, Eliphaz, at least, and because Job gets it repeated to him, Job, from God, it, it views man entirely through the eyes of man being dust and ignores the fact that God breathed into man the breath of life and he became the image of God. There's jealousy mentioned here. Can mortal man be in the right before God? That is what this whole book is about. Can mortal man be in the right before God? That's what the whole Bible's about. Could God redeem man from the fall? Can a man be pure before his maker? That's a valid question. And that's the question that this book starts to answer. It's not clear to Jesus yet, but it starts to answer this, that there's more to this life than just what we can see. 
Even in his servants he puts no trust, and his angels he charges with error. You can hear that this may very well be the words of the enemy of our souls, who was cast out of heaven from being an angel on high, and who has here accused Job. And we're wondering if here he hasn't influenced this friend. Be careful what your friends listen to. Listen to what they're saying their source is. Um, Because the angels will not be redeemed. It says the angels wonder at our salvation because they're not going to be redeemed. And the enemy of our souls has known that for a long time. How much more those who dwell in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust, who are crushed like the moth. The enemy of our souls desires to crush us. There's an answer to that in Second Corinthians. And no matter what the enemy tries to do, because we can have the Spirit of God in what we do, um, we can be persecuted but not crushed. Check out Second Corinthians 4. Between morning and evening they are beaten to pieces. They perish forever without anyone regarding it. Here, the fact that a person can have a legacy is bashed. And as we know throughout the Bible, that is not true. When God weaves his story throughout generations of a nation as a legacy of a man who was counted, it was counted to him for righteousness because he believed God and Abraham. Um, there's this beautiful story of legacy. There's this beautiful story of legacy, even when, even when there were no children. Abel didn't leave any children, but he gave a righteous sacrifice, and it is the sacrifice of a lamb that is the legacy throughout Scripture, throughout eternity. So this is wrong, deeply wrong. Is not their tent cord plucked up within them? Do they not die? And that without wisdom. Call now, is there anyone who will answer you? To which of the holy ones will you turn? Surely vexation kills... Now let's back up. Call now, is there anyone who will answer you? To which of the holy ones will you turn? He wants He wants to say that we we can call out to God but not get an answer. And that's not true. God does answer God answered the lament of Job that we listened to earlier. There is a day that really is not a day that we celebrate every four years because we've got this piece of a day that lives in darkness. God answered that prayer. God listens to our lament. So this is not true. Surely vexation kills the fool and jealousy slays the simple. I have seen the fool taking root, but suddenly I cursed his dwelling. So even those who follow the enemy of our souls, he crushes because he can. He curses because that's what he does. So it doesn't do any good to follow the enemy. Destruction is still there. You cannot ever please him. His whole point is to steal, kill, and destroy. His children are far from safety. They are crushed in the gate and there is no one to deliver them. The hungry eat his harvest, and he takes it even out of thorns. 
and the thirsty pant after his wealth. For affliction does not come from the dust, nor does trouble sprout from the ground. And this is interesting because he's contradicting what he says earlier. He's saying man comes from the, from the ground and he's easy to crush because he's from the dust. But affliction and trouble don't come from the ground. For affliction does not come from the dust, nor does trouble sprout from the ground. But man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. And so, here's this contradiction. And the thing about a lie is sooner or later it contradicts itself. The thing about a lie is when the light of truth is brought to it, um, even, in, even in itself, there has to be a little bit of truth for a lie to be a lie. Um, a pure lie is just obvious. But when you listen to the whole thing, you realize it contradicts itself at some point. So there's, there's this battle. And Eliphaz has brought the battle to, to poor Job who's already been battled. And then Eliphaz says, because it changes back to Eliphaz, he's not conveying his vision anymore. As for me, I would seek God. Like Job hasn't, but anyway. And to God would I commit my cause, who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. He gives rain on the earth and sends waters on the fields. He sets on high those who are lowly. And those who mourn are lifted to safety. He frustrates the devices of the crafty so that their hands achieve no success. He catches the wise in their own craftiness and the schemes of the wily are brought to a quick end. Here he's conveying, you know, if you didn't, if you, basically he's going around this whole argument to say, Job, you must have done something wrong because the God that I believe in always judges immediately those who are wrong. And so he's he's going into this huge description of that. They meet with darkness in the daytime and grope at noonday as in the night. But he saves the needy from the sword of their mouth and from the hand of the mighty. So the poor have hope and injustice shuts her mouth. Behold, blessed is the one whom God reproves. Therefore despise not the discipline of the Almighty. For he wounds, but he binds up. He shatters, but his hands heal. He will deliver you from six troubles, and seven, no evil shall touch you. In famine, he, sh- he will redeem you from death, and in war, from the power of the sword. And see, uh, later in Scripture, uh, there's, there's many things that refute what Eliphaz is saying here. Not that God isn't excellent, because he is. But it's not always obvious. And it's not always immediate. And Eliphaz is saying that that all things work immediately, that you're able to see the immediate consequences of your actions, that your actions control what God is going to do and what happens in this world. And that's just not the truth. You shall be hidden from the lash of the tongue and shall not fear destruction when it comes. At destruction and famine you shall laugh and shall not fear the beasts of the earth. That's not true. Jacob and his whole family fled to Egypt because of destruction and famine. And it happened that there was salvation for them because of something bad that had happened before. God redeems things out of evil, for sure. Um, But 
I, like I said, it doesn't line up like Eliphaz thinks it does. And Job reacts to that here in a minute. For you shall be in league with the stones of the field, and the beasts of the field shall be at peace with you. You shall know that your tent is at peace, and you shall inspect your fold and miss nothing. And he's talking to a guy who who had had done all of the all of these things, all of this good, all of the good he mentions at the beginning of what he said, and has nothing. No folds are left. You shall know also that your offspring shall be many, and your descendants as the grass of the earth. And he's talking to a man who has lost all of his children. You shall come to your grave in ripe old age like a sheaf gathered up in its season. Behold, we this we have searched out, it is true. Hear and know it for your good. Be careful. Be careful. God's excellence is beyond our immediate action. And Eliphaz the Temanite tries to simplify the good and the bad. And the problem with that is that people immediately know in their heart of hearts this is a lie. And they know that If if they believe this, they're going to be disappointed. And they're right. And God rebukes all of Job's friends, including Eliphaz, the Temanite, later. Um, because their view of God is not higher than their actions and the consequences of their actions. Um, and because of because Job is right about God. God gives and takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. That our peace is not found in anything on this earth. Everything on this earth can be shaken. And that's part of what this book conveys is do we have peace in God even when everything on this earth is shaken and there will be a time again and it seems very close where we're going to have to really ask that question and when we share our faith we're going to have to deal with that that point is everything on this earth can be shaken everything this earth is a creation not God So, this is tackled already. In the very first book of the Bible, God doesn't, God doesn't um, hide from this question at, at all. He tackles it head on. Literally. Um, in, this, in this group of discussions. Father God, thank you. Thank you for honoring our decision as humans to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, even though it was a terrible decision and it has terrible consequences. But that even in that decision, you did not choose to scrap the world and 
and and start over, which you could have. You could have caused immediate death, which is per Eliphaz the Temanite and his vision, what should probably should have happened, but it didn't. But you chose to redeem in the midst of that terrible decision. And you choose to redeem in the middle of people's terrible decisions. But what's hard is when people follow you and they still end up with the consequences of other people's terrible decisions and the evil that exists in this world. And we don't understand God, but we know, we know that you are above all of this. And that you have a a point that is bigger than us when you allow these things to happen. And that there's a battle for our souls. And that you can make a man right in your eyes. That you can make a man pure in your eyes. Thank you, Lord, that you can do that. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. Hi, this is Trained by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth, and today's recording is a little bit longer, but it deals with an issue that we all ask eventually. So if you need prayer, please get in touch with me by answering the question at the end of this broadcast, this podcast, or um, email me at trainedbygrace2 at gmail.com. God bless you, and remember you are one of His Excellencies.